Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Here are some California headlines we're following. In Riverside County, the Highland Fire has burned more than 2,200 acres and prompted evacuation orders and warnings. The blaze, which grew because of Santa Ana winds, is 0% contained. Daniel Timems credits firefighting crews, some of them made up of inmates, for saving his home east of Temecula. He spoke to Fox Channel 11. The fire was all around my house. The inmate crews came in and the fire crews, they saved my house. More importantly, they saved all my rehomed animals. They saved my 19 goats, my geese, my turkeys, my ducks, my chickens, the rabbits, chuckers. The fire broke out yesterday afternoon, but a cause has not been determined. With the strike of Fresno Unified School District teachers scheduled to begin tomorrow, there are indications that the walkout might be averted. The Central Valley news site GV Wire reports that the teachers union and district have reached a tentative agreement. Both sides have released a joint communique saying that progress had been made over the weekend to address contract terms. The teachers union is seeking to tie instructors' pay to the rate of inflation, smaller class sizes, and maintaining the district's current contribution to employees' Healthcare Fund. A joint press conference with union officials and the district is scheduled for later this morning. As California moves away from fossil fuel energy sources, officials are looking for ways to ease stress on the state's electrical grid. So attention is now turning to systems powering swimming pools. CAP Radio's Manola Sakaida reports. By September 2025, new pool controls sold in California must default to operating equipment during non-peak energy use hours. The state's Energy Commission says if all pools in California transition to this equipment, the reduction in emissions would be equivalent to getting 85,000 gas-powered cars off the road. Andrew McAllister is a state energy commissioner. There are hundreds of thousands of pools across the state of California. And so all together, if we manage that demand, if we make them efficient, all those pools add up to significant resources to help the reliability of the grid. The new standard is one step toward California's goal to make up to 7,000 megawatts of electricity available through more energy efficient technologies. For the California Report, I'm Anola Sakaida in Sacramento. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. 
Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. A growing number of California students are choosing to commute to college in Tijuana. They're drawn by cheaper tuition and other advantages. Here's KPBS border reporter Gustavo Solis. Melissa Perez lives in National City. Every morning, she has to take the trolley, walk across the border, and get a ride from a friend to campus. It's an hour and a half commute. But once she sees her friends, Perez says it's totally worth it. Like, I'll be in a really bad mood in the morning, but I'll get over here, and my mood just instantly goes, oh, I'm here. Perez is one of approximately 350 students who live in the U.S., but are enrolled in a private Mexican university called CETIS, which stands for Centro de Enseñanza Técnica y Superior. CETIS has campuses in Tijuana, Mexicali, and Ensenada. Classes are taught in English and Spanish. Perez loves the small class sizes, especially compared to the large lecture halls in the U.S. You know how the classes are really big over there, and it's like 40, te- 40 students to like one teacher? They can't pay that much attention to you. And over here, it's like 20 students to one teacher. Fernando Leon Garcia is CETI's president. He says it's common for people who live along the border to split their time between both countries. They'll live on one side, but shop or work on the other. Especially those who are in the San Juana area, it goes in both directions. And education is not an exception. Leon Garcia says several factors contribute to a high number of American resident students. They have a modern campus complete with an American-style gym and football stadium. Tuition is 5000 per semester, slightly cheaper than in-state tuition at UC San Diego, but a little more than SDSU. CETIS also has the same level of accreditation given to all universities in California, like UCLA and Stanford. CETIS specializes in business and engineering. The university also has partnerships with multinational companies in Tijuana, where students can work and earn school credit. A few blocks from here is Foxconn. It's the largest subcontractor for Apple worldwide. In the world of international higher ed, what's happening at CETIS is an outlier. In fact, the opposite direction is what we traditionally would kind of observe. Gerardo Blanco is the academic director of the Center for International Higher Education at Boston College. Most frequent destinations for international students are the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, to some extent New Zealand, right? Normally we think about this as the big five. What's happening at CETIS bucks that trend and speaks to an increase in student mobility. Back in Tijuana, Ezequiel Abundes enrolled in CETIS after graduating from Southwestern College. He'll have the option to work in the U.S. or Mexico. Most people expect him to go back to San Diego, but he plans to stay in Tijuana. El saber que pude y lo hice en México, o sea, como mexicano, este... He says that, as a Mexican, it's important for him to succeed in Mexico, to be an example for others that they don't have to leave in order to get ahead in life. Still, even students who plan to return to San Diego see value in their Mexican education. Because, like, everybody's supporting me. I've literally had no negative comments. Perez says she's reconnected with her Mexican heritage. She's also made lots of new friends, something she credits to Mexican students being a bit more outgoing than the one she's used to in the U.S. 
Well, American students are kind of mean. <laughs> they like keep to themselves and it's not the same atmosphere. Like over here, you literally don't know anybody and you're, immediately you start making jokes. For the California Report, I'm Gustavo Solis in Tijuana. And that is this edition of the California Report for Tuesday, October 31st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening, and happy Halloween. Support for the California Report comes from Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at SchmidtOcean.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs>